0: I kicked off in garage.
1: everybody welcome to today's friday feature uh i'm one of your hosts kelton and uh joining me today in the garage is zach it's clearly just the two of us we don't have an amazing special guest with us whatsoever uh we decided to 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 roll things solo
2: yeah we're cool enough for y'all
1: that's we're the all real together. reason <laughs> 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 ah, oh no our our very thinly veiled uh just any sort of kayfabe is completely gone joining us today is probably one of the coolest guests If not the coolest one that we uh, have had on the podcast already such like a a high bar. So don't worry. You know, we're not putting you up on too much of a pedestal here. It's uh, it's Brian Matlock, also known as the Republican socialist running for Senate in Kansas. How's it going, Mr. Matlock? Doing great.
0: Can I uh, put that on my resume? One of the coolest guests on y'all's podcast.
2: If you feel like that would help you, then you are more than welcome to. I do not recommend putting our podcast on. On your resume, in case they go listen to us.
1: Yes. Uh, I, I would are... say you might scare away the bubble voters, but I have a feeling, uh, as with anything else, uh, running as a Republican and including the word socialism. I could also spook them from time to time too.
0: Known to happen. <laughs> uh, I,
1: I know that over here we've just kind of been looking at the news, and it's bizarre to see all of these these horrible things happening on the streets and everywhere else, and then also realize that there is an election happening also pretty much everywhere. That all of that is still turning, and the, the eternal machine, if you will, is still churning things out. So. Uh, what's that been like as you know, you're campaigning in the midst of COVID and now uh, with police brutality?
0: So not going to lie, COVID's been pretty rough on the <laughs> old uh, grassroots campaign. A friend asked me, he's like, hey, we don't really have anybody progressive running in Kansas for the seat. Want to do it? And so I was like, yeah, dude, <laughs> um, I was teaching economics at UMKC, which is one of few kind of socialist economics uh, PhD programs in the country, and so got into that in November, and so we were picking up steady steam, but don't have a huge war chest or name recognition, Uh, and then it's like suddenly all of our face-to-face events were canceled, and we don't have a huge fund for uh, advertisements at the moment, so we are trying to do what we can. Things are uh, opening up again a bit and starting to have a lot of events. Uh, just this Saturday having my first forum slash debate with other candidates in a while uh, wow. so kind of awkward uh, first time meeting Chris Kobach because I was like talking trash about him all the time and then it's like oh hey
1: Chris uh, what's going
0: on?
1: <laughs> <laughs> you and I we're also peers uh, I guess uh, to, to help make it relatable for people in our audience imagine that person you've been screaming slurs at over Call of Duty pops up and turns out that he's uh running for your hoa spot i, I guess is the closest <laughs> one to one you, you took such an interesting path though you're not only taking on the mantle of being a progressive running um for senate in kansas but you are also running under something that a lot of people might consider to be an oxymoron at least to us dumb americans especially us dumb <laughs> americans in the south of republican socialism
2: is that something that you like came up with while you were teaching economics in your in your in your like professional uh, educational career?
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely like have been studying uh, neoliberalism a lot, or sort of like the global free market, like big mega corporations. Sort of, uh, I don't know. Anyways, I assume y'all have talked about. It. Uh, neoliberalism on your uh, podcast here. Uh, big but- fans,
1: big fans, you know, not going <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yeah. I, I have so- a globe tattoo on my bicep just to show, you know, blood in, blood out with it.
0: So essentially, we're seeing this kind of global reaction against it in a lot of the problems, uh, like the massive inequality at the time of uh, some of the biggest wealth ever generated, um, very similar to the type of Uh, results we saw 100 years ago. It's like farmers are competing. uh, uh, If you produce grain, you're competing with everybody in the world on a global market. But the people that maybe the copyrights, the control, the supply lines, the storage, all these sorts of these mega corporations they are very protected from competition. And so there tends to be this squeeze on a lot of the raw material producers and um, a lot of individual communities who are sort of bid against each other. Well, if you won't give us a $10 million tax abatement for our corporation, we'll go to that community that will or that country or that state. And so we keep seeing like these... Corporations have the ability to bid people against each other in any ways. We see this like at the time of there's like huge displacement, both because of the uh, colonial wars as well as like um, you know you go from small scale production to uh, now we have huge farms which put out of business a bunch of farmers, and so you have all of these people like rural to urban things like that, and so it creates like. Massive migration, both inside of countries and between countries. At the same time, there's growing inequality and people's standard of living is seeing a lot of pressure. And so it makes it easy for fascists uh, or white nationalists like my beloved Chris Kobach that I'm running against. To um, scapegoat the immigrants rather than understand the name, of the actual uh, system and forces, <laughs> and uh, they don't have any real solutions to that. But what we see is over and over and over is um, the classic Hillary Trump, uh, Hillary Clinton versus Trump, where you have like some sort of like. Liberal uh, free market, someone who wants the status quo, who is very detached from the suffering and the negative consequences of this globalization regime, uh, who kind of wants symbolic change, like, oh, let's grant a few rights here or there, or address the climate problems, but in a way that's completely like uh insufficient to do any real chat. They don't want to challenge the system. They just want to give these symbolic uh, giveaways to the people. But then you're, um, you're they're running against these people who are like, Oh yeah, I see you suffering. I see you suffering. and know the solution It's right. That, that, those, those people are coming to get your stuff. And that's why you're having the pressure. That's why your standard of living is going down, despite the fact that you're like working harder and you're and so um so I think part of the problem that you see is within the liberal establishment, they they buy into this, like, oh, uh, everybody in rural state, rural areas and Midwestern states, they're like backwards, inbred. they like use this extremely derogatory classist language, and they don't actually empathize with or center the needs of people there. And so again, and there's, but there is this populist movement, like Trump was not a part of the establishment. He hasn't he hasn't challenged any of the big moneyed interests other than like, he makes these sort of like elite people who think they're better than, uh, than the like working class order. they, he sort of, they have to kiss the ring and maybe they like it. Like I've, yep. I've been surprised how many Trump supporters I talk to on a uh, in-person basis. And they're interested in what I'm doing. They're like, Yeah, burn it all down, man. (laughs) Um, And like the sort of like frustration and the feeling of powerlessness in the face of these like huge multinational forces and then the condescension. And it's very similar to the type of cultural appropriation you see in black and brown communities. It's like, okay, your cultural artifacts we're going to take, we're going to make money off of them while we like. Uh, demean you, <laughs> look down on you, all those things, it's like, okay, yes, urban hipsters are going to take your banjos, your PBR, your flannel, your, like, all these sorts of things, <laughs> but then we're going to, like, you're going to be economically disadvantaged while we make money off of all this stuff be- and make it designer, and then uh, we're going to make fun of you, belittle you, and, uh, and so, again, I'm I'm not, like, wanting to whitewash, like, there are... Uh, lots of, there are definitely race problems, there are all sorts of, uh, with LGBTQ uh, community in those areas, like I am currently living in a city, I know it's full of cultural refugees from smaller towns, Where, uh, but there are also, it's not everybody, there are a lot of people who don't see themselves as racist, and while they're not critical race, theorists, they want to uh, do right by other people, they want to, and so it's like being willing to work with the people who want to do good, to build from where they're at, and uh, to build off of the populist uh, energy that's there, but Definitely. make it one that is in solidarity with people of color, with immigrants, rather than scapegoating them. And there is a whole history of this, in like in the state of Kansas itself. It was started uh, like these radical Republicans uh, that like super abolitionists who are like, no, we want uh, emancipation without proclamation. We don't need anyone's permission to start freeing people to like use violent means to (laughs) to, like... um no, no, and, no, like,
1: that, that seems to be like you know the the chad versus virgin meme of you know like the, the virgin taxation without representation versus the chad you know uh emancipation without proclamation uh, my god wow wow okay all right
0: <laughs> and so like uh sometimes i say i mean this is a simplification but it's like last time republicans and socialists got got together we've Work with black people to abolish slavery. Like, let's bring the dream team back together, man. Um,
2: yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so when you say like Republican socialist you're you're having to take like the Republican talking points of you're a flyover state. You're ignored by the big city liberals and meet it with socialist solutions to those problems.
0: Yeah. And if you think about like, like I'm opposed to social Dems in the sense of they like, Look at the history of liberals in the US. They've enacted all of the racist housing policies, employment policies, all Mm -hmm. sorts of things like that. But it's like, they're going to have these like, meager, bare subsistence handouts while they're disinvesting from black and brown communities. And that's supposed to be justice. We're supposed to be excited about this. It's like, no, we should provide them a way forward. And that involves like, empowering those communities to do work that enriches their communities. And so you think about things like a job guarantee program, which addresses the targeted, like, double unemployment rate in those communities, but says, like, okay, you guys get to decide What are the things you need? And using similar mechanisms, like, with, I don't know if y'all heard or talked about participatory budgeting, but uh, something thousands of cities have done, and it's where, like, Part of the budget that's discretionary, normally like city councilors get like, okay, you have the slush fund to decide what community projects, but instead it puts that democratically in the hands of people to decide. And so there's this whole process of like getting the community to like, what are our options? How much do they cost? what are our priorities? They vote on them and then they use the discretionary funds that way. And for at least some of the jobs, like there are going to be some large scale, like uh, transitioning our energy sector and things like that. But some of those, the community members themselves get to decide, like, what are our priorities? How do we invest, like these resources to fix our problems and provide a way forward for our communities rather than like, okay, you get like, 500 a month and sit at home and watch judge Judy or something like that's not, that's not, that's, and so, um, this sort of the ideas of local control, the value of work and workers, uh, and then the sort of like radical Republican roots of we value human rights over property rights, uh, that, uh, started a lot of this, the the republican party and then um you know there's the whole other which nobody likes to hear the whole like philosophical like you know roots of republicanism and um
1: <laughs> believe it or not similar- I, I think our people and our fans might enjoy if you you know want to actually dive into that uh don't don't shy away from it is my point
0: so. <laughs> okay well i'll say in another uh at least a little bit more like in a In a way, like the history of corporations is basically a privately contracted government. Like they sort of provide these either industry-wide, it was was kind of like built from guilds and other sorts of things. And so you provide these methods for cooperation and coordination and planning, all things that government does but it's like a private government and at one point they had to say uh y'all can't have armies because uh the like Dutch East india, india company was basically becoming uh the largest world power with a massive <laughs> army um and that's but, bad, but now right? yeah okay. uh and so with a republic it's supposed to be like government by the people for the people we cooperate so that we because we benefit when we work together to produce things but we want to share those benefits but both with an empire you have like a few people getting everyone to cooperate for their benefit and similarly with the corporation it's like we're getting everyone to work together so these few shareholders get the benefit that's that is a an empire not a republic like and so all the way down like with worker cooperatives, with different things, this like putting ownership back in the people, back in the communities, providing like more robust, bottom-up democratic systems uh, in our society. And so I think that like drawing from that history of like the radical Republicans and libertarian socialists to provide like, uh, even when we do planning, how do we do that in a way that like puts local communities and people in need at the forefront rather than as an afterthought uh based on what some central planners think you know
1: and is that why out of curiosity you chose to run this incredibly progressive campaign under the republican banner as opposed to the democrat or an independent or some other third party that might be state specific
0: yeah there is like this radical history and lots of socialist activism in kansas like continuing into the 1920s uh like basically we had uh organizing farm workers and uh, farmer cooperatives and different things to protect against price fluctuation fluctuations protect um and organized miners against exploitative mining companies. So there is this whole history of radical um, Midwestern uh, socialism that is very bottom-up. And so I want to, that sort of, like, left populism, like, reclaim that tradition, and also to say, like, corporate liberals aren't the answer, and, like, my my allegiance is with working class people, I'm going to be organizing them wherever they are, if that's in the Republican area, and, and states like that party, because there's no reason to ally, or like, even just seeing some of the uh, socialists who have run in the Democratic Party, the ways in which they're constrained to critique the the Democratic Party yes, because
1: exactly
0: uh, and, exactly, and, and so I think it both like the potential. I mean, at this point, it's. It would take a miracle. I'll, I'll just say at this point, like, <laughs> given COVID, given various other factors, it would take a miracle to actually win. I, I kind of want to focus on what I'll, I can accomplish uh, aside from winning to be building a movement and building, uh, changing the conversation. But um, I was like, in a crowded primary, everybody's running on a Trump platform. Aside from me, I think there are 11 people who filed wow.
1: uh, for the primary.
0: Um and so,
1: I, I mean, I uh, would say you have a shot because, I mean, you're definitely uh, <laughs> cut differently than the rest. So I wouldn't sell yourself too short. <laughs> um, so the
0: so, yeah, it's, it's interesting. They're all running on this. But then the the Democratic Party, we have this like wealthy suburb that is like uh, Johnson County, they have like 40% of the population of the state. And that's where the democratic party is a the stronghold. They, they want to pick their corporate centrist candidate and demand everyone else drop out. Uh, and they've succeeded before the primary, getting everyone else to drop out of wow. the democratic race in, uh, for the longest, this Joe Biden, Democrat, basically, uh, had no platform even posted, just says these sort of benign, meaningless statements. And it's just so frustrating that they, like, uh, they don't want anyone to challenge. And it's like, this is not the answer. You're not addressing the the real problems. Y'all have been complicit in the corporate takeover of agriculture in Kansas. You've been complicit in uh, so many of the problems that people have faced. And so to pretend that you're like, oh, we're, uh, but we're the only game in town. Who else are you going to vote for? And I'm, I don't need you. <laughs> like, I, I've, I, I grew up in a Republican area, Republican parents, and like my my parents are pro-immigration Republicans. They're just very like kind of, Local community focus, focus on faith, on like being a good neighbor, on things like that. And so a lot of those ethics of like taking care of each other and helping out your community and your neighbors and um, taking in kids, donating, volunteering, all those things have more in common with socialist values than with big business like profit is the end all be all for society. Um and so I think there's already contradictions present in the party. And we can say, hey, like that coalition doesn't really make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and start kind of like heightening the contradictions already present and then start organizing people around their needs and saying, Yeah, some of the things you care about, we care about too. And um, like the amount of just big picture the boomers are overwhelmingly uh are like much higher percentage republican uh millennials are much higher percentage socialists we're your kids like of course like <laughs> we get some values from you like of course there are certain points of overlap and so it's sort of like tapping into that and how do we like uh build off of the things that we really care about um and to have like well the, the
2: good news is that like in Kansas and I, and maybe specifically in rural areas a lot of a lot of these a lot of these programs a lot of these things that are beneficial to those people that you're trying to get elect you have existed farmers co-ops have existed there's been unionization in in places like this before um and is that is that that's something that you can take advantage of right
0: yeah absolutely and just like the amount of things that people think are the natural outcome of free markets uh, that have actually come from like really radical people trying to like either topple the system or seriously uh, challenge it, like uh, higher wages, benefits, uh, environmental protections, like uh, co- worker cooperatives and uh, the like the farming cooperatives that are still all over Kansas, the type of things that are part of every day and they're just like one of the republican senators was like okay you're talking about all this stuff but we already have like look at all these organizations that we're meeting with like uh farmers co-op this farmers co-op, and like yeah they were started 100 years ago by socialists (laughs) uh, he was like this already exists we don't need you
1: (laughs) the job got done Um, 100 years ago we're fine with our (laughs) gas lamps and everything else leave us be yeah
0: Yeah, and so uh, just trying to have the conversations uh, and make people aware, like, there are already all these things that we do share.
1: Um, Well, because Republicans seemingly don't really like the word socialism, but they love the fuck out of social programs you know like medicare public schools the the military highways, social security all of those sorts of things they love that aspect to it there's just this bizarre stigma so i think that you know as you're taking on the the Uh, I mean, since we're in a glorified two-party slash one-party system, you know, taking on this big tent Republicans, if you will, and then saying, hey, you know what, all these progressive things like a living wage, like, you know, the Green New Deal, like being a uh, uh, non-xenophobe when it comes to immigration, all of that can exist within a Republican framework uh, because it's actually, you know, there's a historical basis for it. I think that that's something that people will get behind. I mean, like like uh, uh, I, when I was reading up on you, you uh, had talked about a, a jobs guarantee, and that was something that you had pushed, uh, I believe, in, in a couple of articles as well as on your website. And I mean, a, as bad as COVID must be for your campaign, this really highlights, I think, the need for a jobs guarantee in Kansas. Uh, I mean, uh, it, it's something of imagine if all of these people who were, Uh, you know, were were able to uh, go to work instead of getting cut, if they were able to uh, go out and do something, work on infrastructure, whatever it might actually be, instead of being this weird boogeyman that exists in suburb Republicans' heads of, you know, just kicking back and collecting welfare checks, et cetera. You know, I I, I mean, I just think that uh, the messaging is incredibly timely for these times.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It was interesting when I started the campaign because uh like even though it was lots of uh no benefit, short uh you know, part-time uh you know, temporary gig economy work,
1: mm-hmm. like
0: the official unemployment rate was very low. And people were like, Why are you talking about a job guarantee? Why are you talking about this? I was like, first of all. It'll be way easier to sign and implement when we're at low unemployment levels uh, so that it's an automatic stabilizer so that when the economy tanks, as it constantly has throughout capitalism's existence, like people can go into it so it's not like they don't have to spend down all of their wealth. They don't have to uh, like collect unemployment, lose skills, do all of these sorts of things. It's like it can absorb them for the time, and as the economy picks back up, they get bid back out into the private sector. Um, But it's like people didn't want to talk about it as if any time that the economy is doing okay, they forget about how it always has crises. Um, But now we're in a crisis, and uh, like one of the biggest issues here moving forward is the economy. Like, What are we going to be doing? And so I'm like,
1: Yes, one of us is prepared. uh. Well, it it just seems that you know when, especially what what with COVID taking place, that when there's like this bizarre, smug, centrist, democratic response, and like Trump giving people uh, monetary aid, to then go like, oh man, look at him, he's a Republican socialist. Guess he's the real socialist all the way through. Uh, it must be infuriating and to realize that that is the mentality you have to butt your heads up against and uh i i mean i I don't know what the the demographics are in kansas or not but uh, it sounds like if there is one guy who's basically kansas version of joe biden running that uh it seems like that would just be a lot of the same rhetoric repeated over and (laughs) over again so uh do you have to differentiate yourself constantly? Uh at least with Republicans, like I would assume you have to with Democrats, or what have you found any uh trouble there?
0: Um, it's sort of lots of people are curious, uh, like especially people who don't really they have a lot of assumptions about Republicans. So you say running a Republican, they're like, Are you a bigot? <laughs> like, oh you hate you hate the gays, don't you? <laughs> uh, i like, no. Um, and so there's the constantly having to, like with Republicans having to uh, differentiate myself from it. They're like, you should be running as a Democrat. You're a rhino. You're a, this or that. Um, and, and with the Democrats, they're like, go oh, with the good ones. Why aren't you falling in line? I was like, Y'all are like just the democratic establishment is so frustrating. The the, um, big organization to end like corporate money in politics is endorsing. not not the one who's taken a no PAC pledge or isn't taking any money from corporations. They're endorsing the candidate in the race who's gotten the most corporate donations of any of the candidates, Republican or Democrat, like just because she's a Democrat and it, it's, like, she keeps thinking she's making, like, bold, like, oh, I wear my face mask in public because I care about CDC guidelines. And so, and it's like, oh, wow, like, we're in the biggest civil rights of people in, <laughs> like, uh, our generation. And your, like, bold social stance is that you wear a face mask, like, show them the hell, Barb, like, uh, like, at the I, very I, least, it,
1: it's not you know like a kimbe cloth face mask to show solidarity. <laughs> that that uh, you know, baby steps, I guess. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's it's frustrating. Like her main thing is like, uh, yeah, I just the Democratic candidate constantly they they suppressed Usha Reddy, who was the mayor of Manhattan, and she was far more progressive than the current candidate. But they were just like. We're putting all chips behind. They were putting tons of pressure for everyone else to um, bow out. So finally, Usha Reddy uh, drops out. So it's just Barbogie. But they're like, Barbogie is the healthcare candidate. There is no discussion about this. And I'm like, she doesn't even support Medicare for all. She's like doing this weird, like, like sort of empty like healthcare for those who want it. Like anyone wants to die of a preventable disease or, that's right. That's right. Uh, you want to
1: position yourself to the right of Buddha gag. That, that's what you really want to do. God.
0: Come on. Like you have a candidate in this race race who actually wants to uh like demand healthcare be considered a human right and all this. So it's just uh once again I think it's been it's it's had healthy discussions within both the DSA, uh, who was a bit of a dumpster fire over my announcement, Uh, and oh, I'm sure they
1: took that in stride. Oh yeah, definitely.
0: (laughs) As well as um, there was like somebody was. I just saw on social media, they were saying that, like, uh, they tried to get their uh, college Democrats chapter to endorse me for <laughs> <over laughs> the Democratic candidate. So it's been good to, like, challenge the sort of, like, they, like, socialists have become so urban, educated, intellectual, uh, and buy, end up buying into this, like, good team, bad team that the Democrats have imposed. And they don't realize they're buying into this really toxic division that has been throughout time, which is like uh, this pearl clutching that the elites have. To, like, oh, oh, oh yeah, Seamus could uh, run his own farm. Ha ha ha. Oh yeah, Moses, he could run his own plantation. Yeah, right. Like they deprive like uh, equal education. They deprive all of these things, and then they blame these people who they're giving no rights. They're no, like, oh, oh, oh yeah, like, women could be as smart as men, but women aren't allowed to speak, uh, and, yep. uh, like, they aren't allowed to have education. So they create the conditions for inequality, but then they're like, oh, they're just dumb as a box of rocks. And similarly, they, they, like, socialists throughout time have said, these people have value, they have potential, they deserve every right to, like, participate and decide and, uh, like, be part of the decision-making of society, to have, like, equal education and rights. And, uh, And so it's really disappointing the sort of, like... Again, I understand some people have grown up in those communities and have faced injustices, they have traumas, and I'm not trying to say you need to, like go hang out with them and all is forgiven. But I'm saying there are a lot of us who are privileged, who have not faced that, who are avoiding who are hiding behind other people's pain and not doing the work. Exactly. Like we're like, oh, these people are racist. It's like they're your family and like go get your people. Like Talk to them, help them understand like, yeah, my my family aren't critical race theorists, but they care about people and they want to be good. like and so that's something you can build off of. It's uncomfortable. Um, it's easier to just avoid it, but like but you can be helping them because they're dependent on like super racist Hollywood films and uh, television stories, if it bleeds it leads to to understand what those people are like in a similar way that sometimes people in cities understand what rural folks are like. Um, It's there, it's based on representation uh, that media give to understand who they are, what they care about. And that's not always accurate. And it can keep us like um, from failing to listen and build when we do have things we share.
1: Precisely. I can definitely see a lot of, uh, you know, Marxist influence with, And would you say that Marx is kind of like one of like the the main influencers, but uh, for dumb people like me, uh, you know, who kind of recognize Marx, but not then, you know, maybe like four or five other guys on the Mount Rushmore. Um, What what are some of your own inspirations, whether it be writing or speakers or uh, uh, ideology, help us you know, build the Voltron that is your (laughs) campaign philosophy?
0: For me, I came, I was actually once upon a time studying to be a missionary. Uh, oh wow, and-
1: okay <laughs> Religi- uh, yeah, religious colonialism abroad. Uh, uh, very cool, very cool. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Don't judge me. so um it's sort of like over time, I just like and luckily, my parents like really opened their homes to other people and would. I, like I, uh, my grandma was a cafeteria cook and she'd have the foreign exchange students over and all of a sudden, like we, I felt like, uh, for being in Idaho, not very (laughs) diverse place, like I was just like, Oh, different people are good and interesting and valuable. Um, and so I just had this idea like, Oh, I'm going to go. And I, uh, but like over time, like volunteering at inner city churches and uh taking ministry assignments and things like there it's like initially oh i'm gonna solve problems through soup kitchens and you sort of have this like if you're in kind of secluded from that it's like you maybe have your one poor family in church and you help them out and you feel good and but that model doesn't work when it's like half the city and half the globe is like exactly. entire property exactly. in order to produce the wealth of the and so it is a challenge, but it's like what led me to it is the values I got from my parents. So surely we can find ways to build Bridget. It's like this process of trying to live out those values, trying to help people and realizing the problems inherent and in doing it within the frameworks that I was given. Um, and the problems that are like, oh, I'm going to go help out some nonprofits abroad. And then you realize like, OK, first of all, this isn't addressing the situation uh, like it's just. You know, maybe helping it uh, get worse. Maybe <laughs> like you know, some of both in different ways. But like just uh, so misdirected. And then I, but over time, so in school started getting like kind of Christian socialists, both like liberation the theologians, and then just kind of like people, urban practitioners who were like actually living in the communities with people, listening to people, understanding, and starting to take the lead of people in distressed communities, it was like kind of a paradigm shift of like, oh, these poor wretched people need our help. Um, But then realizing like, okay, it's a lot more complicated than that. And I have a lot to learn and unpack and unlearn. And um, so that was the initial part of the process. Uh and then uh when I was brought, my wife's actually uh studied sociology uh, along with missions. And so um we were sort of in this radicalization feedback loop, I guess. It's like she passes me some Chomsky, and it was like the first time I'd gone from learning like I I'm minored in Spanish, and so I learned about like all this heinous stuff in Latin America. But it was like, it was almost like we're the good guys, but we make mistakes and we do these things. And then uh, it's really hard to know what to do from there. And then you're like, oh, this is our policy. This is our policy. We, we, we do this all over the world. This is like, um, <laughs> well, and- yeah, we're,
1: we're less AMC classic anti hero, like, uh, Breaking Bad type. And we're more just straight up like Disney cartoon evil villain, pretty much running <laughs> rampant, uh, all the way around the world. Got it. Got it. <laughs>
0: And, and so, um, I think that, uh, but coming from like doing nonprofit work and charity work and stuff, even though I started reading this kind of left, like libertarian, socialist, anarcho-socialist stuff, like, uh, Chomsky, um, initially, but then, um, also getting into like intentional community movement. And I, started and lived in a christian intentional community for several years like oh we want to reject consumerism and like live in the communities and be good neighbors and help people and live simply um so just this long process uh to getting more and more radical literature and then um uh but like this sort of like participatory development and community organizing and uh learning a lot about like these sort of bottom-up efforts and then uh heard about umkc because i was living in kansas city at the time okay um had an existential crisis after i dropped out of seminary right before finishing a master's and was like what am i gonna do with my life and then uh, one of my friends who was a iww organizer was like actually kansas city's kind of a cool stuff if you're interested in political economy, uh, because they have, a uh, this radical socialist PhD program here. So I started going and they have like kind of welfare state, uh, post kantian stuff, which like one of my, uh, advisors was, is, was Bernie Sanders chief economist, both oh, wow. in Senate and, uh, for both campaigns. Um, and, uh, we have a few people have helped out with that, um, and are like, it's sort of like, suddenly there's this big progressive movements and economists are like notoriously backwards. I'll I'll leave it there. But but then suddenly they need like progressive economists. And so even like you and Casey, we had like several people go on to like fancier institutes and policy institutes and uh, do all sorts of really exciting work. it went from like when I started my program around the Occupy time period, everyone was like, uh, you know, it was like kind of complaining Marxist critical theory okay. type of stuff to like, okay, we need actionable legislation in two years. And it was like every year, <laughs> the like the conference size was doubling and it was like, whoa, there's like energy behind it. And we actually are like getting out of this like pessimistic hunk of like... Uh, <laughs> all these crotchety socialist economists who no one's listened to for 40 years. Uh, now suddenly (laughs) there's like an audience and possibility. So, um, what do you mean? I have to
1: go onto YouTube live. I don't understand. Sorry.
0: So yeah, they have the kind of Bernie welfare state economist types, the like radical political economy, which is both, uh, Marxian economics, uh, anarchist black political economy feminist economics ecological economics all this stuff and then um institutional economics which uh long story short it's like treating the economy like uh we want to understand the systems and institutions kind of like technology it's not a matter of we want democracy but you have to have actual systems like uh if we all sit around and vote on everything, that's not necessarily like, oh, I'm so happy and fulfilled that I spend 40 hours a week voting for things. It's like, <laughs> we, we sort of have to, we have these different tools like voting or like, and, and so how well do those tools work? So like what are problems we experiencing and how do we develop new tools? So it's kind of seeing in economics more as social science and more as like a systems. Rather than as like uh, mainstream economics treats it like it's physics or something like, oh, the curve go up and down and like markets are always self-adjusting. So you just assume whatever it is, that's the most efficient it could be. And it's just it's bizarre. It's
1: so cool to see that you're you're at this epicenter of a, a legitimate groundswell movement, especially when it comes to leftist thought. The, the real question becomes like what's the the sourdough bread baking scene look like at umkc all of these uh, left thinkers are now all quarantined together it just yeah you know, must be like British Bake Off happening uh, left and right uh, over there.
0: There is uh, indeed some of that, uh, but there's also like people doing cool stuff. Like uh, uh, one of my friend, uh, cool friends, Jordan Ayala, He's the best looking up, but he's doing all sorts of work with like local tenants' rights organizations, uh, with uh, like um, various sorts of issues on the urban level like just volunteering his time doing all kinds of research to help out uh and he's going to be an awesome data scientist once he finishes his his thing dissertation like the rest of us uh but yeah there's like there's a lot of cool work being done of course not everybody but um there are at least some like if you're alone during this time period, you're going to be just baking. And it's also fine to take care of yourself. No shaming in that. But I've noticed like the people I, I who know are feeling lately, incredibly
1: called out right now, but thank you. Yes, I appreciate it. The people
0: it. who are like part of an organization where you're like supporting each other and like, you have to be a part of something to keep the forward momentum. Cause right now it's hard. It's otherwise it's just like, there's enough going on it's stressful and it's like your body is like okay let's take it easy um which again i no shame we all need it sometimes but also like um i would say that the academics at umkc who are doing like really cool stuff are often like really involved with and dialed into organizations that are on the move um so excellent that's been one of the cool stuff about all of the lefty policy organizations that have kind of been getting up and running
1: i'm sure so not only you know in the world of academia but also in the community but yeah. uh, so so to to get back though into politics and then uh specifically uh in your campaign um i know that you had been more or less blackballed when it came to getting on the debate floor um uh For a while so first off congratulations i guess on what would be coming this is coming up friday so tomorrow then um on your uh uh debate that then is actually going to be taking place uh what was that process like going you know i having to i guess email and call and keep pushing to do what actually should be done to make sure that your voice is like part of the conversation since you are in fact running
0: yeah so the actual republican establishment has still not uh let me participate but a lot of the sort of similar like this one is uh run by republican women united and so i found like both uh, local chapters they're a lot more likely to like they have kind of a this like libertarian streak about not liking hierarchy or like party bosses decide like and so there's a lot of like they'll they're more likely to hear me out or get me to participate if it's sort of like a republican organization that's not the official party structure Absolutely. um And so, um, yeah, the Chamber of Commerce in Southwest Kansas invited me to a debate they were hosting, and then they canceled it because they were like, oh, we're not actually allowed to host a debate. Sorry. (laughs) Um, So, Uh, Southwest (laughs) Kansas Chamber of Commerce, uh, I feel your pain. uh, (laughs) um, (laughs) um, But it's been like a lot of sort of other organizations that have started inviting me to participate. it's hard because some, like some healthcare uh, advocacy groups, were wanting to put together a healthcare debate, but none of the um, other candidates wanted to come because they're scared. Uh, they have no plan. They just want to. We're just going to use markets to fix it. or are Bollier. We're going to. We're the Democrat. We're going to use um, nothing to fix it because
1: everything's fine. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Obamacare <laughs> uh,
1: to fix it.
0: Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm, I would win that debate. <laughs> uh, I, oh, I'm sure.
1: I'm sure. And, and, and that's the thing that I think happens most often is that socialists will win not only debates, but also in you know, the, the court of public opinion, because the ideas make sense because they do make sense. And people uh, just get scared of then what it would look like. If uh, I, I don't know what the term is, but you know, if a group of people woke up to an idea, like a class consciousness, if you will, I, I, I'm sure that phrase has never been used before. Um, and uh, it, it's so cool to see that happening in Kansas. And uh, and kudos to you for spearheading that movement. Are you noticing other people kind of picking up on on um, what you're you're putting down? Are they have other people reached out to you? that, hey, you know, I live in XYZ place. Do you have any advice for me? I'm thinking about 2022 or 2026, whatever uh, that cycle might be.
0: Yeah, reach out to me. I would love to talk to somebody um it is like i especially after bernie lost i noticed sort of a groundswell of like people who are just really furious at the democratic establishment and looking for other options both uh and so i noticed a lot more interest in the campaign from lefties after the bernie sanders campaign ended and then um It's just interesting how many people have had similar ideas, like somebody started a Republican Socialist America Facebook page at a similar time that I had started my campaign, and some other people ran as progressive Republicans, like John – shoot, I can't believe I'm forgetting his name – in California, um, as well as uh, – I'll think of it as, as, uh, as well as Robert Ryers or something in Arkansas ran as a progressive Republican. And so I think, um, and there's a lot of like, Republicans on average hate big corporations just as much as the government. And so there are just these different like expressions of of populism and economic populism coming out. But um What's going to help it really catch fire? Uh, we'll see. I think, uh, again, I had good experiences going door to door. I will probably be starting that again soon, but COVID kind of sure, put a kibosh yeah. on that. Um, and so um, if I'm just being 100% honest, because of that, I've had trouble because mainly lefties follow me on social media. And so I've had a lot. <laughs> Fewer opportunities to talk to uh, like working class Republicans, but I've had good experiences. Like you need a little thick skin because you know you just got to think like with issues about race and immigration. Like I don't like I don't want to hide anything. We're not trying to do a red brown coalition, which is when like kind of people were like, oh, let's unify around anti corruption or something like and then all the fascists in germany like the knight of long knives and other things they just like murdered all of the socialists and uh <laughs> took over the movement anyway like don't do that um yes. do, do not ally with people who are like don't believe in the basic humanity of others but um but all that to say, but still, be realistic. How does behavior change happen? How do people's views change? If someone's at a two on a scale of one to 10, get them to a four. If they're four, get them to a six. Like, you exactly. you got to meet people where they're out, move them forward, build coalitions where you can. And so, like, like, what is a successful conversation? Like, uh, like it's not like at the end of it, they're, again, like... Uh, fourth internationalist uh, Trotsky uh, (laughs) once removed or whatever, like the weird, like, (laughs) what brand of leftist are you? Uh, But but like, you know, like, are there things that are good that they care about? And how do we build off that? Because everyone has conflicting beliefs and depending on how you frame an issue, they'll say different things. And so it's just recognizing that people are people and they're in process and
1: yeah i mean it certainly is nice to see that um at least on uh, the podcast i've expressed several times both on air and many many more times off air my absolute fear at a uh the republican party going into this weird bizarro tucker carlson tom cotton esque kind of 2028 2032 branch of as new schools of thought emerge so it's nice to see someone harnessing these class-based issues but again instead of relying on this us versus them mentality focusing on it, we're all in this together and focusing on uh the grassroots side so i mean w- once again just uh gotta applaud you because in preparation for this i went to my uh in, over here in texas uh, local county republican party I sat in their resolutions room and just uh, was listening to, like, what people were having to say. And, uh, man, it was, uh, you basically take the first two-thirds of every idea of theirs, and they sound in lockstep with, like, a Bernie Sanders type. And then it always pivots to, uh, well, I guess a good example would be uh, one guy. He comes in, and he's talking about how uh, universities are no longer necessarily really helped Uh, with people in mind to elevate them but they've become cottage industries and small businesses and they've become uh, this product to where it's a a burden and since all these taxpayers largely prop up a lot of state-run schools as opposed to private uh, schools but issuance of state-run schools that uh, that students should be able to go and I'm like, okay, yeah, all right. So he's go advocating for free college, obviously. That, that's what he's going for. And then, like at the very end, it's like, and that's why we make sure that there are no foreign nationals allowed in state schools. Just like, oh, buddy, oh, we were so close. We were so close. Oh, <laughs> um, and and so I, I really think that uh, uh, if that guy had more people like you around to, to hear these talking points that were out there that it it safeguards against following into uh the right wing echo chamber if you will of like well of course it's the immigrants i saw it on this guy or oh okay i, I saw you know it's it's the dreaded roving gangs of antifa uh which was another <laughs> large talking point that they kept talking about um and, and so just just again got got to commend you for it um it what, what can people do if they want to help you out, though? If they want to, uh, I, I mean, l- annoy you with questions, save that for, for the Facebook page, I would assume. But, you know, uh, is is there any phone banking? Is there anything else uh, yeah, coming up that could be useful for you, uh, at the very least, help you make some more waves?
0: Uh, yeah, I imagine we'll see sort of what all we have... Uh capacity for but um if people want to sign up i mean of course donating is always helpful uh uh as well as um like follow on social media try to promote like some of the ideas and build the movement like both like talking with other leftists and telling them to change their toxic uh, (laughs) approach towards like um, you know small town rural agricultural um and uh start trying to organize people and then uh yeah like i think there's a sign up page on my website you can sign up and if you're interested in phone banking say that and we can try to loop you in if and when we get that going
1: that, that would be awesome um i mean obviously we'll include all of that in the show notes below. zach you got any other questions here for the good man
2: Oh no, you guys. This has been a wonderful conversation brian you are you are a fantastic, interesting person, and I hope that more people get the opportunity to talk to you uh, the way that we have because that's honestly it sounds to me like the best way uh, to to radicalize the people of Kansas is to be able to sit down with them you know and it does really suck that COVID has taken that away from you uh, taken you know the steam out of out of a lot of the a lot of the uh a lot of the political campaigning that is happening um and so i, I guess we just want to we just want to wish you the best and and you know if if you if you have opportunities for for you know us to help you or for other people to to dedicate their time towards your campaign you know we would love to help you with that
0: Great. well thanks so much for having me it was great talking with you guys absolutely
1: appreciate it. well uh and until next time you know this is hearing from uh uh future senator Uh, Brian Matlock that's right that's right (laughs) okay y'all well we love you bye
2: howdy y'all Don't forget to follow our link tree in the show notes to discover new things like our Discord, social media platforms, and all the places where you can listen to our podcast. Word of mouth is the best way to introduce us and other leftist creators to friends, family, coworkers, your AA buddies. Community is about more than hot takes online. And if you want to support our efforts, you can donate to us at patreon.com slash psychic dolphin garage, which is spelled how it sounds. Hope we'll to see you on the stream tonight. Enjoy this music by GGD.
1: How the fuck I still got a full head of hair?
0: Not a single braid. Fuck the cops, family first. Every single day bringing a charm when I bring me up. Lor, my arms got a box cutter and sticky. We gotta abolish ice, we gotta abolish ice, abolish it. No need to apologize to Holocaust apologists. For no reason, we colonize the land and put up monuments. Dope needles, Dollar a sign to go upstairs and astonish. I hope they'll be a punishment. I really wanna get bloody. I really want to stand in judgment of anybody taking money from anybody in a struggle. Anybody on a budget? Poor people getting 10 to 20 for some dumb shit. Corporations incorporating a bloodlet. Mark my fucking words, this coup will not be bloodless. Mark my fucking words, this coup will not be bloodless. Mark my fucking words, this coup will
1: not be bloodless. Mark my fucking words, this coup will not be bloodless. Mark my fucking words. This coup will not be bloodless. Mark my fucking words. This coup will not be bloodless. Mark my fucking words.